Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is the CRM Archaeology Podcast. It's the show where we pull back the veil of cultural resources management archaeology and discuss the issues that everyone is concerned about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 267 for June 28th, 2023. I'm going to be the host today, Bill White. I've got my other colleagues here with me. I've got uh, Andrew in California. Hey guys, how's it going? I've got Heather also in California. Hi everyone, thanks for joining. And then Doug, my colleague in Scotland. You're in Scotland now still? Yep, yep. Beautiful, sunny Scotland. <laughs> and I'm actually coming live from uh, beautiful, sunny St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. It's nice and warm. Mm, and uh, today we're going to talk about something that I'm living... <laughs> yeah, you would think it's fancy, but that's the reason why we have the topic for our show today, because <laughs> today we're going to talk about the benefits and drawbacks of staying in vacation rentals while doing archaeology, because right now I'm down here doing an archaeology project on the island. It's the fifth year of a field school that we've been doing at the Estate Little Princess on St. Croix, and there's several vacation rental units. Well, I think they're condos, but others have taken many of them over and turned them into vacation rentals. And so uh, for the last few, well, we had a delay for COVID, but this is the fifth time that we've stayed in this complex and hosted groups of students, and it is always a mixed bag. There's always something every single time with these places. And, you know, there's just some benefits to staying in these and some drawbacks. And, you know, like it, it, for this specific project, we're kind of over a barrel because we have so many people and we're staying for so long. And so one of the benefits is that you can rent them out for a long time and they're livable, right? They have furniture, they have kitchen and all that other stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I think I'll save save my thoughts on some of the cons for later. But I just want to pass it over to other folks. You rent these out for your crews and use them uh, doing archaeology. Any of you have any experience doing that? I mean, there, there's first there's a company stance. Then there's the stance of whoever is budgeting the project, the manage, the project manager. And then there's the stance of the client, which is usually in, in line with the company because the company has to go along with what the client wants. And the Airbnb, usually I just let those that are, you know, on the crew make their own decisions. I try my very best to give them per diem and just give them a block per diem and they get to spend it how they wish. And if they're careful with it, it's extra money for them. But that doesn't work all the time. And, and a lot of clients now are requiring receipts. And now even more so, a lot of our clients are not allowing Airbnb, which is crazy. Like they want a straight receipt from a hotel. What are the reasons behind not letting folks rent Airbnbs? Airbnbs, I guess there's different versions. I'm not an expert in Airbnb. I've only stayed in one once actually, but, and, and it could be a misnomer on the client's part, but 
they're saying it's usually a larger agency or a utility company or something like that, that will say that they want a receipt knowing for sure that it was spent on a hotel, which to me, I think it's none of their business, but maybe there's things I don't know and why they want that. So what they say is people could be giving them a receipt that is bogus. So they're staying at their friend's house and they're pocketing the per diem is what they're saying. They, they're saying they're staying in the Airbnb, but they're not. And so I think that that is maybe why some of the clients do not allow Airbnbs anymore. We're seeing it more and more, which is a problem because, you know, the Airbnbs allow people to stay together. You can rent a whole place and it's uh, more economical, but we're running there. Actually, we have clients that are saying we want an actual hotel receipt. In fact, they won't even take hotels.com receipts anymore. You have to wow. get it from the hotel and the hotel won't give you a receipt because you booked it through hotel.com. Sometimes you can talk them into it, but yeah. sometimes not. Yeah. So that's, that's the start. I have other things, but I'll stop talking. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Cause there's a lot there. Doug, yeah. please. I use hotels. It was just a comment off of that. It was interesting. And this might just be like a, either a regional thing or a, a chain thing, or maybe it's a country thing, but um, we use hotels.com for booking for work. I mean, mainly it's the, the video work and we do it because, well, I mean, they're getting rid of it, I, I guess at, at some point, but you just get like, you know, every 10th stay free or something, every 10th night free. And so it's, yeah. it's like a 10% discount and you yeah. can, uh, we've talked about this in previous episodes where you, you, if you're doing your own bookings, it's great to use reward systems like that because a lot of companies let you basically keep that um, so you can you know build up some free hotels and stuff like that. So we, we can use, like because it's all internal, we can use that hotels.com. But we've I've never had a problem asking for a receipt from the hotel, especially when like sometimes you, you'll have to book things separately like parking, things like that. And so they always have been pretty good. So I'm, I'm just wondering if that's like a regional thing or maybe that particular hotel chain or if it's a, a national thing or, you know, country, but cause we've, yeah. we, we've been, I mean, I just did this literally, well, okay. Two months ago, a little bit in April, uh, cause we, we had to pay for parking separately and we had to pay it at the hotel and stuff through hotels.com and didn't have a problem getting invoices and receipts and stuff like that. So more and more now we're having a difficult time. We're having crews, having a very difficult time getting a hotel receipt the hotels won't do it they just unless you get somebody who's sympathetic at the front desk they won't do it and i don't know why that is other than there's people that are always looking for a way to scam and so i guess hotels are like you know what just to avoid there being an issue we're not going to give you a receipt if you're not booking through us because they don't know what you paid right they yeah. only know what they would charge you would have, and so now what they're doing is they're having to give you a, a really a false receipt because you would just tell them this is what uh. I paid. So I think maybe that's the main reason why the hotels won't give you a receipt if you're booking yeah, through I, a third party entity. I've ran into this problem many times with the third party thing, cruise and stuff, doing the hotels.com because I also used to I used to recommend folks get the chain of hotels that we were going through like Marriott or, you know, Hilton or whatever, get that like, you know, 
what is it called? The rewards program, right? Folks sign mm-hmm. up for that. And then, you know, have each person claim their own stays yeah. if we stayed through that chain. So, you know, I always like going through Holiday and Express if we could. A lot of times in the old days, it used to be within the budget. Now, that's another thing we should talk about. Now, these budgets for how much you get to spend on lodging are, you know, they're they're not super functional anymore. But back in the 2010s and the 2000s, everyone sign up for the loyalty program, everyone get their points. And then I would also have folks sign up for hotels, because just like Doug was mentioning, folks get, you know, stay 10 nights, and you get a free night. I mean, that's awesome, because you're going to be staying 10 nights pretty frequently. And so if you go through hotels, but even back in the 2000s, it was a problem with the Hotels.com receipts, handing those things in and the hotels mm-hmm. not wanting to give it. I don't know. I think it's a matter of like that you went through a third party. And so they're just basically like, yeah, we don't even really know anything. You know, we're just going to wash our hands of everything and we're just going to provide the room and basically talk to them if you want to get an official receipt. And so, you know, that that's where the loyalty programs would really come in super handy because if you had your... Uh, Holiday Inn Express or Motel 6 or whatever you were staying, then you you could make those arrangements and it was going direct. That was one of the reasons why I told folks to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually just realizing how we do it and how we've got around that is that we usually don't pay in advance. We pay at the hotel. So you can do on Hotels.com, some, not all hotels, and obviously, you know, when you're working in the middle of nowhere, Idaho or someplace else. And there's, there is the one hotel and that's, that's your only option. You, you may not have that. But if you do, <laughs> I think if you do that, like pay with hotels.com, they have the option pay at hotel or, you know, pay in advance. If you pay at the hotel, they'll definitely have the amount you're supposed to pay them. I don't know if anyone's, if this is helpful for anyone listening, if you need to work on receipts, set it up. So you do the pay at hotel and they'll definitely know the amount because they're going to be collecting it from mm-hmm. you. Yeah, well, that that I think that's yeah. an excellent solution. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, but I mean, the, the whole loyalty points program thing is one of the number one reasons why it sucks wasting your money at Airbnb. I think folks know where we're going to go in yeah. you know, section two here with the downfall of these Airbnbs. But I think that that's, you know, you can stay seven months a year at an Airbnb or a vacation rental and never get a single penny of mm-hmm. loyalty or anything out. No free night, no, you know, 10% discount, like nothing because it's all going through, you know, 20,000 individual small time landlords rather than, you know, anyone else. And so each one of them that's on these platforms is essentially a mini business or when someone owns four or five, which that's the other thing too, that we should, get around to how people can absolutely dominate an entire apartment complex and take away housing. But, you know, someone who's has multiple vacation rentals, they're not really a corporation like Holiday Inn or Motel 6 or, you know, Best Western or something like that. And so when they decide that they want to reduce the rates five or 10%, then that's great. But they only own one place in one town and they're not everywhere. So your money is basically just going straight into someone else's pockets. And you, no matter how many times you stay, you get almost nothing back for that. I think Doug first. I I was just going to, 
because I'm going to have absolutely savage Airbnb and all of those likes very shortly. I'll save it for se- segment two. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, Cause I, I want, I want us to start burning. <laughs> I was, so this is, this is going to be my slight defense as it stands now is I understand we have no, you know, it's, it's archeology. span we, we, we can't dictate this, but in principle, I'm against the idea of limiting saying people can't use Airbnb because, you know, you can't get receipts and stuff like that. Because to be honest, like anyone with Microsoft Word or you can even just use OpenOffice with a, with a word processing document can make up a false invoice if they want to. And no one's going to check. Like you, you do not like uh, – <laughs> There's like I I know people who do what are you like promoting Doug. <laughs> I am promoting you know well I'm promoting choice like it shouldn't they shouldn't be dictating where people want to sleep if they want to use an Airbnb okay I understand there's like always the occasion of like there might be health and safety issues mm-hmm. things like that why you may want to dictate or like maybe you've got a great deal and stuff but in general I'm basically I think it's a stupid excuse that's not going to prevent fraud to limit people because if people want to get an Airbnb, I personally don't think, as we're just talking about all the um, rewards program, it's it's worth it. But, you know, on some occasions, people may want to use it or they may prefer it. They may prefer having a kitchen or, you know, mm-hmm. a, a living room with, you know, stuff like that. Like there's all sorts of different things. I don't think you should be limiting choice. So in general, I, I, I guess the most pro thing about Airbnb is I could say is it it opens up a lot more choice for people who may want different things other than say getting rewards nights. There may be other considerations that they may be need to take into account. Uh, Airbnbs, maybe it may be more accessible. Uh, there might be disability reasons. I, I think I can think of probably like a dozen reasons why yeah. people may want to choose an Airbnb, even if it's not my first choice. I think they should be allowed to have that choice. But again, we'll probably have no way of, of dictating that. But if there are any company owners who can dictate that, I would recommend not limiting people's choices. Well- I have something yeah. to say about this, but I think we should probably take it in the next segment. There, there are reasons why sure. it is yeah. that way. Well, my only my only rule about the whole thing is the crew must domicile in a shelter at night. <laughs> like you cannot just take all of your per diem and then sleep in your truck in a you know Walmart yeah. and never take a shower, never yes. just to save all the money like that's the reason why when i was a crew chief i stopped letting people have the full per diem because some people did actually start sleeping in their cars and they weren't really using the hotels Mm -hmm. and then they would come over to someone else's hotel room and shower and use that there and there was you know health and safety issues and stuff and also people not showing up on time right because we're sitting there in the parking lot waiting for so-and-so who parked god knows where or stayed at a campground or something like that i mean chris is probably going to explode when he hears this comment right (laughs) sleeping in an rv somewhere on the side the road (laughs) but yeah the only agreement is you must have shelter at night you can't just stay out unless it is the middle of idaho and there is no shelter all right i think this is a good time to stop this segment and uh go on to the next one pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Okay, we're back with segment two. We're talking about staying at vacation rentals as part of your field work experience. And the first part, you know, we were kind of talking about some of the complexities involved with choosing that as your lodging for your crew or for yourself when you're out in the field. You know, there's a lot of benefits to staying at a vacation rental. And as Doug was saying, it should really be the choice of the crew. I mean, it's interesting to hear now that agencies don't want to see these vacation rental receipts. I have a million questions on that and I have a feeling that there's, you know, there's a lot of answers and there was probably one or two problems and now agencies just made this edict that you can't do it. Like I I have a feeling I work for a government agency, so I know how the shit goes. (laughs) In this next part, uh, I just want to set the stage so that everybody doesn't just think that I'm trying to destroy the entire business model. My son's going to turn 13 this summer and since he was born, my wife and I, almost always defaulted and chose Airbnb, VRBO, or other vacation rental platforms wherever we were going. And even when we went to go see the grandparents or my sister and brother, a lot of times we would choose an Airbnb because when your kids are little, I mean, it's just so much more functional. You have more space. A lot of times we'd have room for the kids' playpen. There was a different room, a separate full-on room with a door that you could black out and have kids take naps and stuff. You could have a refrigerator and a stove and a kitchen so that you can cook food for picky kids who only eat, you know, McNuggets or grapes for, you know, an entire year. So all those things are options that are much more, you know, you can really do those if you stay at a vacation rental. But over the last few years, I have seen the quality just collapse. And the biggest problem that all of these vacation rental places have is quality control. It begins and ends with that because now the prices are equal, if not more than hotels in most towns in the United States. And what you're getting back is just a way inferior product. If you have problems at a hotel, nine times out of 10, you can be moved from that room, right? With hotels, because the chains are standard or you see the stars or you can look at pictures, you kind of know, given your market, that if you pay $167 a night in Tucson, Arizona, and most other places are $200, your place is going to be you know, substandard. If you go online and you see a place that's normally $300 a night that's down to $200 a night, then you know this is coming in above your normal price range and that you're getting a higher quality hotel. But when it comes to the vacation rentals, you never can tell. And they don't have quality photographs so that you can actually see the thing that you're getting. I mean, there's pictures that were taken by us or pictures just taken by other people with a lot of the hotels. It's a, you know, overall marketing company that is making the picture look good. When they say something like air conditioning at a any chain, major chain hotel in the United States, you're going to get central air conditioning or a high quality air conditioner. It's not going to be, you know, some tiny window unit thrown in a corner that, you know, maybe sputters on and off, right? When they say Wi-Fi, you can actually... Now, 
at least know in the lobby there's going to be decent Wi-Fi, right? Sometimes there's problems with the routers. I'm not saying every single you know hotel has the same quality level, but if you get used to a certain chain, then you kind of know what to expect from the bed. You kind of know what to expect from the toiletries and all the other stuff. But with Airbnb, it seriously is... 44,000 individuals, most of whom aren't even actually in that town or area or whatever, that are just kind of kicking the football towards the goal line. And a lot of folks are going out of bounds, man. They're, They're not making it very far. Some of these places are horror stories, right? So I have fortunately been able to avoid most of the horror stories. But in the past, you know, I'm trying to think, stayed out of one in a certain town in Oregon where it had a hot tub that was just filthy man it was just this swamp hole that stunk in the backyard we you know we weren't even going to use it because we had kids but it was just totally disgusting and stunk the whole place up places where you turn on the wi-fi and they like charge you an extra bill because you went over like a small amount of data or that they said they have wi-fi and they don't which is the case of the place that i'm staying in right now they say they have wi-fi but i am sitting right next to the router and it struggles to upload this stuff you know every single time things with the power going on and off i stayed in one in san diego where they didn't change any of the sheets the 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 whole place was still dirty and they said that it was ready to go and there was a religious revival right on the backside of a, a fence where all day and all night long they celebrated the life story of Jesus Christ at maximum volume for 72 (laughs) full hours, right? Other ones that are, they because they also don't tell you where it's at, other ones in California that have been next to unhoused encampments with all kinds of cars parked in front of them and stuff like that. And you have no idea what's going on out front. And then the issue of even just getting into the place too. Staying at a place in Spain where we had troubles trying to even find the place or have anyone meet us at a, any form of place where a motorized vehicle could make it and then carrying our things, you know, half a mile down a road because they didn't tell us that the parking was pretty much in the next town compared to where the apartment was at. And so just all this kind of stuff, it just starts building up over the years. I remember fiascos with hotels too, but I also remember those resolved by just giving the person another room or giving them a refund, right? Your money is trapped on these vacation platforms. There's no way to get your money back unless there's like some kind of major illegal problem or the place is structurally compromised. I mean, basically it's like mom and pop trying to provide hotel services in a world where a hotel is actually the same price. And so I, I mean, I'm at a crossroads, right? Cause when you're staying mm-hmm. there for this long, you, you kind of need to have amenities. And if you've got a huge crew and several people having them all stay in one place is really convenient. Having, you know, being able to share supplies and everything with kitchens, that's also convenient and everything. But I'm, you know, moving into a space where I'm starting to think that hotel is the only way to go. And I might be just done with those when it comes to archaeology field work. Well, Bill's list was pretty extensive. Mm -hmm. I would just add to that is one thing I, I do find knowing about those sort of, I mean, we're, we're saying Airbnb, but it's Airbnb and similar platforms. I mean, they're, fairly interchangeable unless you get one of like a, a community-based one uh, one thing that annoys me is like always the cleaning charges because you'll look at it and you'll be like okay this is comparable to oh a, yeah. Um, a, oh, yeah. A, a, a hotel and then when you go for like the final bill or it, it can be super like you know it takes a lot to compare because then you'll, you'll have to go in there and they'll say oh you know we charge you know x amount per day of for cleaning or there's a final cleaning fee and basically it's actually much harder to compare prices because not 
a standard extra fees that they toss in on yep. on different ones, especially on Airbnb. There's not you get that that one price, and then you get that final price once you've said you're going to do that. But it's actually a lot of extra work pulling up all the different Airbnbs and then comparing all their additional fees or you know charges yep. or potential charges you might have where like if, if you didn't leave that place like military grade clean like you're in boot camp and have used a toothbrush to, to uh, clean yeah. the floor they're going to charge you yeah x amount for cleaning and stuff which they're going to charge you anyways like yeah I've been, I've been through so many of those things where they're it doesn't matter they, they've already scheduled someone to come in and clean they're just trying to book you for that cleaning fee instead of like paying it out of their pocket. So like that's yep. that's the extra thing that I'd add. I guess another morality one is so like this isn't gonna be every community, but like uh it's it's particularly bad in Edinburgh and a lot of places in Scotland where Airbnb has just hollowed out communities where people have just figured out that you can make a lot more money Airbnb being out of place than actually renting it to people. So like city center of Edinburgh has 5,000 Airbnbs in like, I think one or two square miles. It's, it's a ridiculous amount, but there's actually like no one that lives in old town Edinburgh and like Newtown, you have to have serious money or it's all Airbnbs and they've just decimated the highlands. Yeah. Like, there's a huge problem with like basically communities being hollowed out because you either own a home or you have to move out and go to a, a city where you can be able to actually rent because there's no place to rent because everyone has come in with more money, bought wherever the housing is there and turned it into an Airbnb because it's, it's convenient for them. They can go yep. up and spend a month there for a holiday. And then the 11 months out of the year, they, they go to an agency, the agency rents it out, they make money, but basically they've, uh, it's a huge problem in rural areas in Scotland mm-hmm. where it's, it's basically decimating already. Like, I mean, these areas have been losing populations for a long time. They're much older because young people just cannot stay there. So it's a, yeah. it's a pretty rough thing. I mean, morally, it's, it's a bit dubious on Airbnb. Yeah, I would say my one experience was in we went to Cabo last year. And the one thing I noticed in Mexico, there are some hotels, but but a lot of them are timeshares and people are Airbnb timeshares. And so in that yep. case, and, and that's when we did the Airbnb. And actually, I think that's kind of, if the price is right, that's the best of both worlds because you do have exactly what Bill is saying. A lot of Airbnbs don't have that. You have this guarantee. It's in a resort. It's like a hotel. It's everything is taken care of at that level. And, you know, there's a little bit more control there and comfort level and knowing that it's going to be of a better quality. And so our experience in Cabo was great and the price was right. It was a lot cheaper than the hotels. And so it was a good option for us. But even though I don't use Airbnb as a lot, I do see a lot. They're just too much work. (laughs) Like actually (laughs) I think about it. I've done it one, one other time, one other time when we had such a bad fire in this area, I wanted to get the kids out of the smoke. So we went up to the mountains and we stayed in the Airbnb there. And it was actually a good experience for the most part, but you have people that even if with the best of intentions, they don't know how to make their own bed. They probably don't even wash their own sheets as much as they should. Yeah. Now they're in charge of yeah. a hotel, kind of. And you're putting your health in their 
hands. I just, it's kind of, I've had, I actually also rented an RV once and that was like one of the grossest things I've ever experienced. And I'm actually not going to go into the details of it because it was so bad. Was the owner someone by the name of Chris Webster? Was that the person who owned the RV that you, that the Airbnb do you, he actually stays in another, his other second RV and he just Airbnbs the other one. That's why he's always, because his wife's got to drive one of their Airbnb. No, I'm joking. I don't think he does. I don't think he does. like, really? Um, it was, oh my gosh, this guy was such a shyster, but anyway, it was, um, it was an experience, but I, I think that like all these points are, are very valid. And I do think that now, you know, this is what happens where, you know, it was a good deal. People start taking, they start, oh, you know, I'll kind of bump it up a little bit more and it's the market, it's free market. Right. So now Airbnb is going to, unless they start putting together some kind of algorithm or some kind of control, they are going to lose out because it's exactly what you say. When I go on there, I'm like, you know what? I'm finding hotels that are the same or less. And so what I think is happening is that these Airbnb people are looking, oh, well, the hotel says, and I have a better quality, like you can actually have a house. I'm like, yeah, but honestly, how many people want to go and stay in somebody's house when it's not? Like you go to a hotel and I understand the kitchen and everything, but there's a lot of extended stays, right? That you can get all those amenities in a hotel. Now the Airbnb, love, I, you can go to neat places and stay in something for me. Like you're going to stay in a historical house. There's options for that. That's super cool. But when it comes to some of these areas where you're going into the field, and you're just trying to find an Airbnb, that's not your purpose. Your purpose isn't to stay in a neat little house. Your purpose is to try to save money. And so unfortunately, yeah. maybe this is starting to shift out of a benefit for crews. And yeah, it's it's too bad. Yeah. And I the other thing about it being a benefit of being together, like I I'm trying to think of previous companies I worked for where I ever wanted to stay with my co-workers mm-hmm. like ever and so i can see how the whole workplace dynamic is you know could possibly be bad if the company is first of all saving money by jamming everybody in an apartment together and then it all being like you know mtv road rules basically <laughs> where everybody's just fighting and snarking no. and annoying yeah i i hope that companies aren't doing that i've never done that and i've actually never worked for a company that did that i do know we have some project managers here. Sorry for my dog. Project managers that there have been some projects where they have done a whole, you know, house, but they haven't forced anybody to do it. I don't think anybody should. It should be a group agreement where everybody's like, yeah, we like each other. This sounds like fun. Let's try it out. But companies shouldn't say, I don't think, should say you were forced to stay here because to me, that's an intrusion on personal space space and my personal life like now you're you're controlling not only the eight hours or 10 hours i'm working but also my time <laughs> away from work you know where i'm now having to stay with my you know my fellow co-workers which you know in some yeah. cases are is not going to be something i'm going to want to do <laughs> i want my space you know hey doug you've got something to add yeah i was gonna say yeah i think there's always that danger that it's seen as a cost-cutting measure where they, they look at it and they're like, okay, four rooms, that's four people. You, you do the quick calculations per 
versus a hotel, and then it ends up being a way for you know to cram a bunch of people into a <laughs> a space that sometimes maybe advertises for like four people, uh, but then you get there and one of those is like a pullout couch. Uh, yeah. not, that's not a great thing. I mean, and we've discussed this, I mean, oh, this is probably like a hundred episodes ago, but like issues with like double booking, you know, like uh, two to a oh, room yeah. in hotels. I hated how, that. Like, yeah. No. And, yeah. God, I it's, hated it's, it. That's not okay. That's, a, I mean, it, it happens quite a bit and that's, yeah. you know. Still? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there was a um, I I, there was two. There was, so I a lot of times would get lucked out at my one of my most recent companies because I was the only man a lot of times on the field, so I got my own room. Mm-hmm. But there was a couple of guys that we just kind of were, you know, I'm not in there with any of the new hires, man. It's just me and this other guy, or me and the other guy, like both of us together. We're the only ones. We're, we're the only ones who will double bunk with each other because we can't stand anyone else at this company. I can't believe people are still doing that. I worked before for my previous gross. work. Yeah, for my previous job and not in archaeology, that was but that was back in the like the early 2000s. And even then they stopped it. Like a few years they started realizing okay, we got to get a separate hotel for everyone. But well, it's I mean that's the problem is we don't actually have good stats on on these sort of things and in pretty much any country in terms of archaeology. So you you just have to kind of go by what's there and yeah. People are still, I mean, is it the majority? Is it a minority? We don't know, but it definitely still does occur. I I think, yeah, Airbnbs, again, if it's, if it's a choice of the people and maybe you're on the, the, the crew, you know, your crew is like also happens to be your best friends and you guys are also okay. Like being close to each other and living together, also working together. I think that's, that goes back to if it's a choice and people are okay with it, that should be allowed. But I, I suspect a lot of times Airbnb being pushed out is more a budget concern. And it, it goes back to that whole, like some people, some people are fine, you know, 24 hours together with everyone. Other people need their space. Um, and they should be able to get their space. I'm one of those. I think other people just need a rest from my smell. That's the number one, you know, the field smell. So there's others who don't really appreciate that. And so I do actually need my own space because I will stink the whole place up. And with that, I think that's a good time, good place for us to break and move on into section three, segment three. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, 
TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Here, here we are in segment three, the final segment of our conversation about <laughs> party time, right? That's the opposite of what we want. We don't want party time at the, you know, Airbnb, right? We don't want that. But we are talking about field lodging, specifically vacation rentals for the field. Doug had something to add from the last segment. Doug. Yeah, um, it was it was a bit rifting off of you, Bill, and Heather talking about how the quality of Airbnbs have gone down and how that, that might affect the company. But that's, as I say, it's not a bug, but actually a feature of Airbnb's business plan. Um, they're, they're basically doing, it's all that, you know, normal companies dressed up as like a, a, a technology company that gets billions and billions in investment and the end goal is a monopoly. And so their end goal is like Uber is to destroy cabs, but to destroy hotels and then so that they're the only business left in town. And so they don't really care too much about quality because that's not their, their business model. Their business model is to get enough things out there that they can basically corner a market and then monopolize it. And then they don't care about quality. Uber doesn't care about like if there's suddenly not no cabs and no one doing running their, you know, the Uber there and you can't find it because they've destroyed it and that's that's their their value comes from a yeah. monopoly and that's i mean that's that's a huge thing and like there's a lot of communities trying to do their own sort of airbnb so marseille has a, a huge one that's it's it's actually really interesting it's it's interesting things it's it's a concept of airbnb but it's community run and it's actually community outside of the tourist areas of marseille it's actually the industrial areas and it's it's really interesting, very community driven. They have like tours and it's tours about like industrial heritage. And it's an area that people don't go to very often and they're trying to build it out. And the reason people they're able to do that is because Airbnb doesn't care about it, that area or, or the people that sign up for Airbnb don't yeah. care about that area. So there's, there's a lot of stuff, but it's about investing back in because like all that money that Airbnb makes, they... They're going to rack up their fees at, at certain points once they've become a big enough monopoly. And I think they've somewhat done that to their hosts. And once they've done that, all the fees go up, but they don't care. And um, all that yeah. money is going to flow back to the investors. And then eventually, uh, I can't remember if Airbnb ever went public yet or not. I think they delayed yeah. it because of COVID and stuff like that. But it, it's it's just sucking a lot of money out of communities. And especially if you know we're in archaeology and Usually, if you are having to do away work, you're probably in like a a community that needs that money more than billionaire needs another yacht. That's just another thing to sort of throw on there. Uh, Onto that bonfire of of, of logs of of horrible (laughs) things that are, are wrong with Airbnb. Let me just toss that last one in there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that one's going to burn for a while because it's also small time hustlers, you know, YouTube influencers and other goons who are just buying up all this stuff and then pretending like they can actually manage this stuff when they really can't. I mean, they don't have the capital to back it up. Nobody's responding when there's problems. I mean, at a hotel, if someone didn't come to see what's up with your thing within, you know, 30 minutes or an hour or something like that, that'd be no one. Everybody would just check out and leave. Right. But with these things, your money's trapped. You're stuck things break, whatever. And also things will break 
And then they just blame it on you, right? Like weeks later, you get this bill for something that was already broken when you were there that you told them about. And then they're, oh, oh, and it's just a common scam, right? This outlet doesn't work. This thing doesn't work. You email them real quick. This thing's not draining properly. Then they send you a bill for it later on. And then you send them the email like, nah, nah, you can't get me on this scam. I already told you it didn't work. Oh, we're sorry. We're so sorry. It's just another way to gouge you for a few hundred more dollars. Andrew. Yeah. So I've just been kind of listening to you guys talk about all this and I've had a few thoughts. It's so funny. I agree with Heather way back in terms of I never really feel like staying in someone else's house. Like that's just an aspect of the Airbnb world that I never really got. I'm like, this does not sound attractive to me. Like I get it in terms of the price and stuff and Bill, like you were saying with kids and stuff. But to me personally, I don't know. In terms of archaeology, when it comes to lodging like this, I think there's two separate types of projects that we're on for this. And I would say it's the short term one and the long term one. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're there for a week and a half or something, then, yeah, you know, whatever. You try out an Airbnb, you try out, you just you can try different things. Maybe it works, but maybe it doesn't. But if you're like a long term place or a place that you go back to every year, like every summer in June, we, we work in this place. Then I think it's worth it to look for other types of lodging. Like I've had really good experiences, even going totally to the flip side of this and asking like the resort, you know, if there's like a high end place where you're going, we tend to, we tend to not think of that in archaeology. You know, we tend to think, well, that's worthless to even give them a call. I guess that's why. (laughs) No, I'm serious because sometimes those places will give you massive deals. You know, just mm-hmm. just because maybe you're there off season and the, and archaeology is huge. Yeah. And, and maybe archaeology sounds cool to them. This has totally happened to me like multiple times and they will give you this like crazy deal. And so you're staying at this super nice place for not very much money. It's a hotel situation. So you don't have to worry about any of that Airbnb crap. And I, again, I've just had really good experiences with that where they'll even cut you a deal where maybe like the maid doesn't even come in, though, because you're there for a month or something, you know, and so they give you a rate. But I'm not saying it works every time. But what I am saying is we as archaeologists should always keep that open, kind of think big, because that is a possibility. Yeah, I totally hear you, because I know in Arizona, that's a huge thing, too, because you're going to bring 13 people from Monday through Thursday, which are their slowest days. Right. You're right. You can get a lot of these resort places with like the lazy river and nice pools and stuff for, Mm -hmm. you know, 40% of what they would normally rent them out in the spring and fall and winter because you're there in July (laughs) and they can't pay anyone to go to Arizona in July. (laughs) Right. We have people with our company that, or one person specifically that makes the arrangements for hotels and stays and and other kind of amenities that are needed. And not all of us use her, but she's a great resource. And she has set, you know, our company has set up agreements in some areas that we work a lot that we have, you know, a hotel chain where we have an agreement or we have one in each city where we, you know, work a lot that we have a discounted rate, a, a really good discounted rate. And it's, you know, these hotels, it's worth it for them to know that they're going to get all of your business. So I would say for those that are listening, you know, especially with the smaller companies or with companies that don't have something like this, if you're not crazy about the, you know, where you're being asked to stay and you feel like you have 
I mean, I think you should ask anyway. It doesn't hurt to ask. Ask if if you can try to make these arrangements. I mean, they may throw you a little extra money to do it, or it just allows you to have some kind of control. And I guarantee you, most project managers, they hate that aspect, having to set up the hotel and doing all these these extra tasks. If you take it off their plate, they'd, they'd be thrilled. And then you have a little bit more control. Yeah, it's just an idea. I was just going to second the whole um, off-season Living basically in a giant tourist trap. That's not a tourist trap. Scotland's wonderful, but it is heavily seasonal tourist. Like all the hotels, all car vehicle rental are about triple right now of what they are. But like if you go just off the off season, like a, a car rental, what would be like 200 a day can drop down to basically like 15 or 20 a day. It's ridiculously cheap if you're doing the off season. And you're bringing a lot of a lot of business to places that just are not normally having people there. You can get pretty good deals. And a comment just off of, of Heather's is this is not going to apply to probably most people listening, but there are still like companies that are basically owned by a university or a department of a university or through a university mm-hmm. of of some sort. And commiserations to anyone who has to deal with that because they always put them out to like some sort of travel agency that always books the most expensive worst places like the most expensive worst cars flights hotels yeah like if you happen to be stuck at i I shouldn't say just university i'm sure there's probably some large companies that have similar contracts but i don't know a way around that Uh, but if you can do what heather's suggesting and, and be able to take that on if you're starting a job out and it happens to be through like one of those universities that forces you to book through their travel agency, definitely 100% ask if you can book your own because your quality will go up like tenfold and the price will come down by fivefold out of, out of my experiences with those things. <laughs> yeah, that just reminds me of having the folks at the office book the rental car for the trips. You know, I'm 6'5", and so pretty commonly you'd see something like an economy size or a mini or, I don't know, man, one of those Mario Kart cars as one of the ones that we're supposed to use for the field. And I can't even get my legs in it in the front seat in the driver's side. And so I'd always have to, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, we're going to have to spend seven more total dollars to get a standard size vehicle because I really can't fit inside of this, you know, Fiat. It's not going to work. It just goes down to managers caring about crew. Like I understand budget is important, but it's penny wise, pound foolish when you're only focused on the money part and you're not focused on the quality part. I mean, it wouldn't even take much to have better accommodations and your crew is so happy and they get, you get a lot more, they're a lot more willing to work harder. You know, when they're being treated like crap, they're not going to work for you. So, or they're not going to work hard for you. So, yeah, oh man, Heather, I was going to say the exact same thing. I was even going to say the line penny wise and pound foolish, (laughs) because in my experience, it's always worth it to even spend a tiny bit more on your accommodations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it'll be so much better. And you'll just feel so much more comfortable. And I know this, man, when I was young, I I penny pinched everywhere. Like I was that awful guy that Bill talked about, about, oh, I'm staying three counties over and I'm late because I have to drive an hour in. Like I I did that, you know, once or twice. But in my 
older knowledge. I'm like, dude, for an extra 10 bucks, I can stay in this place. It's much nicer. Oh, they have a free like uh, brunch every day. Oh, you know, so there's there's yeah. there's all these extras that come too. So it really is worth it to stay at a place that's decent. It, it just it yeah. just makes your life better, man. It's worth it. I'm glad you talked about places that are decent. I'd like to spend the last few minutes talking about the things that we like to see in our field accommodations. I mean, I'll go first. I've already spoken about this before. When it comes to hotels, there's the the three non-negotiables, mini fridge, Wi-Fi, and free breakfast. I mean, those are if, if that place doesn't have that, then I don't want my crew to stay there because the free breakfast, like you said, is an absolute benefit folks don't have to spend their morning per diem right yeah and Mm -hmm. and if you're waking up and leaving before they're even setting it out you know talking to the people at the front desk will really help because they have all that stuff in the pantry but there's Mm -hmm. probably not an employee out there to make eggs and bring it all out and everything so you can always talk to them and say will you just let us get the cereal and the muffins and the bread and whatever else we'll you know we won't make a mess we'll just take our things because i know you don't set out the breakfast till six i mean that's yeah in Arizona, you're, you're going out there way before six, a lot of times. So those things, those were in mini fridge. I mean, that saves you hundreds of dollars. I've talked about it before. I guess I'm one of those sinners that now they want everyone to put in their receipts. Cause I used to pocket as much as I possibly could of the per diem when I was doing CRM and having yeah. that mini fridge meant I could bring things. I could have leftovers that wouldn't be, you know, full of botulism the next day that I could eat. And <laughs> th- just those two things made it so much more just livable when I'm talking about these vacation rentals, my list goes way down to they need to have functional air conditioning and they need to have quality, quality internet. I mean, we're working here. It's different when I'm with my kids and they just only want to watch YouTube or Netflix or whatever. And it's not working. And I'm like, so what, you know, just play a game, hang out with each other. But when we're doing work, we are sending files. We are uploading stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing this podcast here and it is tragic for them to say that they have Wi-Fi, and then they really actually don't. I mean, that's, that's beyond yeah. misleading. They need to show the upload speeds and how many, you know, you know what their bandwidth is on the place and whether you have actual signal in every single room. And then, like I said about the air conditioning thing, man, I, I, I'm big. <laughs> I weigh more than I probably should. And coming in from the sun after eight hours of being in the heat and there not being any air conditioning, like that's just kind of, that's, you know, a non-negotiable. Yeah. And then all the rest of it, I've seen all kinds of shenanigans, TVs, you know, no pots and pans, no silverware. I've seen all this junk that they pull at with these vacation rentals. But seriously, the air conditioning thing or the heat in the winter and Wi-Fi are the two, they're just kind of not negotiable. Right. I, I would just think uh, so much of that just boils down to professionalism. I need to stay at a place that's professional. It can be pretty basic. It can be pretty nice, but I need to know what it is going into it. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I need to know exactly what's up. It needs to be straightforward. And then if there's a problem, it needs to be taken care of in a straightforward manner. So I just need that like professional aspect. I have to say like, okay, obviously beds are going to be variable and different people are going to like different things, but you want a place where you can actually sleep and sleep well and feel rested when you wake up in the morning and just sort of like a, so like, yeah, obviously Europe, a European uh, king is like an American single. Uh, sizes are very different, but one of the things they do over here is you get two single beds, which are, 
I know when you were a kid, like the bed you might have had that was a very thin mattress that actually, oh man, even in America, like the smallest one doesn't quite work. But basically, they'll take two twins and they'll stick them together and make a full bed. Yes. Right. And unless you have like that proper yeah. little padding down the middle, you'll have that little, that, that divider and that crease. And man, if you have that, you could pretty much just mess up your back so horribly. You sleep wrong, you'll yep. wake up in the morning with like not being able to lift your right arm above your waist or anything like that. And that's that's it. You're shot. And you're shot for yep. days with that. So like, yeah, yeah a, a bed that like, you know, the springs all work. Um, are, there aren't lumps in it. Um, and it, if it's a those two singles put together to make a full, like an actual proper padding down the middle so you don't end up with some weird back problems yeah i would say for i mean you guys have all kind of said my I, I, has anybody said coffee maker yet no, no that's I don't a good one. one but i mean no. i always I, I bring my own man i i can't mess around uh, all i need is potable water because i can't handle yeah. these the monkey business that happens at these places sometimes i i mean i really like the coffee maker i don't mind using and when hotels had the coffee makers, I think, and I think a lot of them do nowadays, I would say I'm going to add something on the bed because the thing is, how do you know you're going to ha- get a good bed? Yeah. But I actually have found that hotels that care about beds that do have good beds, they say it, they, they say it on their, re- it's either on the reviews or they actually say it in their description. And they say, we have this kind of bed and we put this these kinds of sheets and additions to it, pillow toppers and all all that. And there are hotels that do that. And so I usually look for that. And then the other thing is cleanliness. Like if there's review uh, multiple reviews, I mean, there's always a bad day, right? But if there are multiple reviews, I don't want to even touch the hotel because to me, the yeah. cleanliness that just grosses me out. <laughs> and it's so funny, yeah. my mom... My mom was way ahead of her time when we were kids. We stay in hotels a lot because of her work. And she would always put everything that's like community use that's used over and over again. She brought quart size and gallon size bags and everything. You put the TV controller, you put everything in plastic bags. That's one thing that I would (laughs) highly suggest. But because even the cleanliest, you know, they can't, they can't control what, you know, the previous guest did. Right. But I just, to me, a bed, but again, how do you control it? So that's one tip is to, to look because usually hotels that care and really do work towards having nice beds will say it on their website. They'll say it in the description. I mean, to me, the best bed is our Marriott's. I love Marriott beds, but you know, how many companies do love Marriott's, Marriott's. (laughs) but (laughs) I like, I like the Marriott beds. Okay, Doug. Oh, man, that was just left over. I actually have nothing else to say. My, my hand was just up from the last one. Uh, my toddler's getting hungry and, and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm calling it a, a day for me as you hear them scream in the background. <laughs> you made it to the end. You made it to the end. Well, you know, this, I, I'm glad that we brought this up, but I feel like we've talked about this before. We haven't really gone into this level of conversation, though. And, yeah, we are – you know, I feel like we're kind of done, but I want to, I want folks who are listening to this to reach out and tell us what they are looking for. Because once again, 
we're in different stages in our career. We're, we're the ones who are making the reservations. We're not making them. You know, we're staying in the places. Sometimes we're not, right? So we don't actually know the full range of stuff that's out there. There might be something really cool that we've never even heard of, like Chris's mobile RV vacation <laughs> rental service that we didn't know about, where there's, you know, actually 17 RVs, you know, stationed and synchronized, moved across the United States just for cultural resources folks. I'm kidding. That, that doesn't exist. But if I know Chris Webster, he he thinks that's a good idea, and he's he's on it right now as he listens to this. Andrew, Andrew um, what but, is that RV? The trailers that us called Star <laughs> something, Star trailers for in Hollywood. Oh um, yeah. Ah, oh. what's uh, Star wagons or something like yeah. that? It was um, Star right. wagons. Boy oh boy, that's the most California yeah. thing I've ever heard. It was a uh, an actor who started it. I forget who it was. Like huh. anyway, yeah. Lee I don't know, or something like that. Well, but yeah. I do demand them at all times. I definitely demand sure my Star Trek. Yeah. Where is it? If, if, if archaeologists get involved, then I know that CRM companies will start figuring out ways for us to basically just live at the site, just move a star wagon to the site. And then we can yeah. just sit yep. there and wake up in the morning and dig and then just go to our little, you know, vehicle uh, and sleep until it's go. all over. I can, I can uh, see how that's yeah. the next phase that they haven't yet yes. thought of that. We just never totally. leave the site. But also I want folks to, you know, not necessarily to share only horror stories, but give us a heads up of what lands are getting, you know, destroyed like Doug was talking about. Entire towns are getting taken down. I mean, I was in Lisbon and the same thing was happening there where no one could find a place. It was taking them six, seven months to find an apartment to rent because they're all uh, vacation rentals that are just sitting dormant until someone finally clicks by. So, you know, this is part of a much larger thing in the United States. And it's something that's going to be with us. So I just hope that folks give us some comments, send us some info so that we can be more informed or maybe, uh, you know, have you come on the show and talk about some of your experiences with vacation rentals in the field. That's it for another episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archpodnet.com dot com slash crmark podcast please comment and share anywhere you see the show if you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode email us use the contact form on the website or just email chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com support the show and the network at arcpodnet.com slash members get some swag and extra content while you're there send us show suggestions and interview suggestions we want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere and we want to know what you want to know about thanks to everyone for joining me this week also thanks to the listeners for tuning in and we'll see you in the field Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. See you guys next time. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. .com.